this iMac is from 2011, and she getting tired. So so when I uh, when I'm doing like mixing and like I have a lot of plugins loaded up, uh, the processor gets super taxed. So I have to set up. So I have to like push my buffer rate to these like ridiculous levels, which means that you press play and then it starts playing like a half a second later. <laughs> so when recording, I gotta pull it back down so that records at the right time. Yes, it's all faux science. <laughs> It sounds like science, but it's not. Isn't it, though? Well, there's science behind it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you're a scientist. I'm just saying there's science happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. There is science behind the it. The words yes. you're using are science words. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, like, I mean, technically, like, mm-hmm. there's science in there, you know? <laughs> It's just, that's not what I'm focusing on. Mm. I'm focusing on the farting hand. a good hand. point. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, I guess a lot of science goes into a lot of uh, things. Everything. Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn, and with us today is return guest, Nick Robes. How are you, Nick? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, Andrew. How are you? I'm good. I've been missing you. Like we've been texting and stuff, but we haven't done a podcast in a lot longer than usual. I think. I feel like our we're just out of sync, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, the world. <laughs> excuses, excuses. Yeah. No. Totally. It's been a wild ride. Been a hot uh, minute. Yeah. Look behind mm-hmm. the scenes. We're friends in real life. Oh. <laughs> uh. What was what was our last theme park? The Johnson and Johnson one. Probably, yeah. I hey, shout was. out Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, yeah. It turns out, um, since we we they give them that big like push by promoting them on our show, Johnson Johnson has gone on to some great things, including this vaccine, which is coursing through my veins right now. Um, Woo! Yeah, so that's exciting. Way to go, everybody. I'm I'm Team Pfizer. Yeah, and no, I know that's cool. Yeah. I'm getting the flag made up. <laughs> <laughs> team Pfizer. We're just going to have a Team Pfizer flag hanging from our... Uh, t- uh, I have to get a flagpole. But once I get the flagpole, mm-hmm. then I can put the flag on it. Uh, I saw a flag today that was like at three-quarter mast. And I was like, hmm. I, what does that mean? Is it just like... Just terminally you know, ill? I'm not happy with uh, with this one thing. but <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's not a death. It's like, you know, oh, you know. It's a disappointment. My dog has a cast. Yeah. <laughs> Just put the flag down a little bit. Hey, bring that flag down a little. 5%. <laughs> it's too happy up there. Uh, yeah, so we have gathered here today to talk about an interesting topic uh, for the first time ever on Amusement Sparks. And uh, what is it and where did it come from? Let me tell you something. Okay. So I uh, was thinking a lot about merch, merchandising. Mm. Um, and you know, it, it just kind of like, I started thinking more and more about merch and kind of what it means. And, uh, I, it kind of just opened up this interesting line of inquiry that I thought that we could pursue. Um, and I I do kind of want to get something out of the way up top, which is like, you know, like I've read Chomsky and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I have a, uh, somewhat anti-capitalist bend to me uh in you know my my 
Marxist light leanings, I guess. Uh, but like, I kind of want to shy away from the consumerism aspect of merchandising for this. Cool. Not that it's not an important dialogue to have. Sure. Uh, it's just not, it's not the focus because it can become sort of the all consuming ideology behind, you know, unpacking merchandising very quickly and like what is the morality of consumerism. And I just kind of, that's not what I'm interested in in this, this dialogue. Yeah, no, that's great. So yeah, if you have any questions about that, follow up with Nick um, after the performance. But uh, yeah, no questions at this time. <laughs> yeah, remember the 1030 show is completely different than the eight o'clock show. Enjoy the veal, tip your waitresses. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I'm glad we covered that up front or else we'd be just butting heads the entire episode. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now that that's out of the way. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for, for doing that. That was very responsible and that will allow us to have, you know, a good, good clean show going forward. I think that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> cool man um, good clean fun right here yeah uh merch eh? uh i don't know that i've bought many things at theme parks honestly disney theme parks i feel like get an, get a pass or an exception um because most of the theme parks i've been to are the ones in ohio which are more like roller coaster exhibitions than a bunch of theming so like there's something with the name king yeah, in the title am i king's correct island is the one closest to where i grew up um there we go it's pretty cool and it was owned by paramount when i was growing up or licensed with paramount so everything was like a movie tie-in sort of thing which was cool Hmm. but yeah um i don't think i bought much stuff other than like food and candy and like pictures like i remember there's a little viewfinder thingy you could like look into like a little telescopey kaleidoscope type thing but it just had a picture of you on the roller coaster it was kind of (laughs) dumb it was really dumb like it was just like a, a very tiny picture like the size of a postage stamp so they put it in like a little tube so you can look through and look yeah. at this tiny picture. What can I see that's so far away with my telescope? Oh, look, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> it was an odd thing. Uh, but it was a keychain little, yeah, it was odd. Uh, but that's literally the only thing I can remember buying at King's Island. Um, and it wasn't that cool. Souvenirs. Souvenirs. Souvenirs is Chuck like a, a subsection of merch, mm-hmm. you know, memories and, you know, uh, possibly a pile of junk that you're going to take with you from every move uh, then on or three moves and then finally be like, why do I still have this? Right, exactly. Yeah, we're trying to capture and preserve the fun of the theme park and take it home with us. And that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you uh, I mean, in the, it's interesting because like it's a physical manifestation. Like I have a, uh, um, when I was a, a child, was it was I a child or was I a teenager? I can't really remember. Mm. I gotta look at the picture again. But I have a, you know, like a cool uh, uh, Splash Mountain frame, mm. uh, and it's me and my mom in the on the back of Splash Mountain, like in the seats, but like the back seat. <laughs> and you know, I look at it and uh, it just you know, just remember how much fun we had, and you know how we keep talking about it. And th- mm. they say that you never. Like, once you have an experience, every time you remember that experience, you're not actually remembering the experience. You're remembering the last time you remembered it. So it's like, you know, playing a, uh, uh, it's like playing a tape into a tape recorder. Yeah. You know, each, each level is going to have degradation to it and it's going to be, it's going to have a feedback to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a physical manifestation of a memory, a photograph, you know, a physical thing is, uh, it's an interesting, way to you know uh 
I mean, immortalizes hyperbole, but like immortalize like the, this experience and like the the sensations at the time, you know, and kind of like this Proustian Madeleine cookie sort of uh, uh, way. It's a cool thing too, and like I feel like each time you remember those, like the the nostalgia gets thicker and thicker, and maybe that's just with time passing too. It's interesting, mm-hmm. like the the feedback metaphor. It's like you get more like hiss and pop with every additional time you reflect upon it but then that's kind of part of the allure of it it's like yeah that was 30 years ago like things were so much different back then and i don't know it's 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 interesting how those precious ancient memories become like so much more pure as the decades roll on it's kind of a magical thing yeah and it's funny the 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 continuum of that with merchandising where like a photograph is literally like a capturing like a uh, uh, you know a visual manifestation in time like it is visually what happened hey look at that but then you know uh like uh, the stupid uh, uh penny machines where you flatten mm. the penny and it's you know uh, uh, uh whatever the uh, a penguin if you go to the boston aquarium or you know <laughs> but it's like remember that time we went here's this physical manifestation in a tiny penny yeah what an interesting thing. And so that's one that you might not necessarily have as much nostalgia for, but it's still like an artifact. Yeah, it's mm. it's a lot of like personal archaeology type stuff going back through and rediscovering those those artifacts. So these are important things. Like they'll have meaning to people decades down the road or three moves down the road when they finally throw it away. They'll be like, yeah, I remember I used to think this was a big deal. Chuck, that's the sound it makes when you throw something over yeah. your shoulder. <laughs> Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> and then Chuck takes it away. Yeah, no, yeah, Chuck is your your friend who's helping Chuck's you. Chuck's your garbage guy. <laughs> Who hangs out with you a lot. Chuck, uh, Chuck please. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of different types of merchandise that we could get into. And yeah. a lot of it is, is kind of personalized things, whether it's a kind of caricature portrait or you're getting a t-shirt like airbrushed or whatever. But then there's also the ones that are like um, just a cool thing, like a, the pin uh, economy at, at Disney is such a cool thing, like pin trading and all that stuff or like limited edition merchandise um, or a thing where it's like this is actually a component from this roller coaster that they... Uh, that is, you know, no longer functional. So they took off all the disc brakes and sold those for like $500 each. And you can buy these little mementos that are actually a part of something that you used to participate in or be a part of when you were. Yeah. The, uh, the used accoutrement from uh, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal where you can sure. get like, you know, skeletons or, or, um, uh, oh my gosh, what is the word of the thing? Scarecrows. Hey, there it is. <laughs> I was like, what is that thing? It's like out in a field and it scares... Cr- <laughs> <laughs> a field scare. <laughs> Yo, you ever have a field scare? I had one down at Red Robin the other day. It was delicious. I, I'm field scared right now. <laughs> I'll be fielding any scares after the lecture. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. An interesting... So I... I uh, I read about 75 books at once and I don't finish any of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
but one of the books that I was reading was uh, uh, it's called Kids Rule. Okay. <laughs> uh, by Sarah Bennett Weiser. Um, it's a look at um, Nickelodeon in the '90s, mm. specifically like how their idea of being the first like children's network, like what that meant. And an interesting thing she brought up was how economic enfranchisement is very often the first enfranchisement that a a, a subgroup will get. So, mm. like, for example, like, uh, minorities, uh, you know, like, black people in America, the first real power that they attained was the, the power to buy things. Right. To contribute to an economy. And the first real enfranchisement that youths get, and, you know, what she, she was talking about specifically with uh, Nickelodeon and, you know, the advertising power of Nickelodeon, you know, advertising things for kids to buy or have their parents buy, but things for kids to buy, uh, you know, is the first empowerment that they get. And so I was thinking about that kind of in the way of merchandise, like, and how it plays into these identity activations, which, so identity activations is this kind of theory in psychology where you are, uh, you have all these facets of yourself that you can, that you can try to show in a social sphere. And uh, it basically shows this, uh, this activation of a certain part of your identity and how much merch kind of does that you know whether it's a uh, um, a fashion accessory if you're at a theme park uh, you are a fashionable person you're activating that fashionable identity but with this sub the subheadings of you know a dalmatian dress at disney that's you know retro you know and it's all these subgroups which you get to do because of disney or whoever, Universal, you know, whoever, uh, finding these subgroups, these identities, and creating these opportunities for you to activate those identities through, you know, economic enfranchisement. That's so cool. And it is really neat to consider the diversity within those realms and, like, how you can take inspiration from a bunch of different um, cultures almost and kind of try to empower those through the merchandise. It is a really interesting thing, like, appealing to different demographics, basically. And when you think about what Disney's doing with like Wakanda and Raya and all these, you know, uh, specific ethnic backgrounds to, to you know, say like, you know, these are important to represent, not only are these rep important to represent, but through economic enfranchisement, you can now, you know, uh, uh, give a, a, an, act, an identity activation by purchasing Black Panther claws for your kid. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And we can make money off of that. It's the best of, of all worlds, yeah. That's yeah, that's the also the side part. You know, I mean it's it is like a it is a feedback loop of like how do we make money? Well we find things that people want to buy, but then there's also like why do people want to buy them? Because we make them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a wild thing, like like, you know, marketing or, or appealing something having something appeal to someone intentionally. There's there's ethics there. It's an interesting thing. It's like, well, yeah, I'm trying to sell this to you, and it worked because you like it, because you want it, because it's good for you too. It's like, it is usually a, a consensual thing. Like you're trying to buy this, and we're trying to sell it. So 
yeah, let's let's go ahead and do that exchange. Like we're here for it. Come on, come on, let's make a deal. Come <laughs> let's, on, yeah, let's let's get together. <laughs> it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool thing. Like you can look at it from a lot of different perspectives, but it, it is neat to uh, to feel represented. Like you walk into a store and you're like, these are the things I identify as, and it's like, oh, they know about me already. Like they saw me coming, and I'm gonna buy this shirt and those Mickey ears and this figurine of a unicorn or whatever. It's kind of cool. Yeah, dope. It's Guy Fieri dressed up as Sailor Moon. How did they know? Oh. I wish. Yeah. I, DeviantArt needs to be a theme park. Why haven't we done that topic yet? Um, I'm not joking, though. We should really do a DeviantArt one. Wow. Uh, that would be fun. Hit me up, uh, whoever you are out there um, that was moved by that. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like when I was young, I was really, like, much more materialistic or I felt like I was trying to, like um, – define myself more like trying on different things and so going to a store and seeing that they had an aisle of like stuff from japan i'd be like oh my god like these are all me this is who i am yeah um and it's it's cool it's like that that's why hot topic thing. is in business exactly yeah yeah oh for sure <laughs> yes. i bought so many different weird colors of skinny jeans at that store over my lifetime you literally grew out of those skinny jeans <laughs> you're lucky <laughs> no you're right um i'm just lucky that pop vinyls didn't exist yet when i was a kid or else i would just be in massive debt i think that is interesting that you bring up pop finals because there is like a sub heading split between like useful merchandise and like like utilitarian merchandise and non-utilitarian i mean like the ultimate utilitarian merchandise i would think would be like like kitchen apparel like you know like uh like Pizza dishware cutter. it's like yeah yeah right oh i'm you i'm actively using this mm -hmm. as opposed to this is taking up space in my house right and yeah yeah i do i mean yeah you're right there's then there's virtue to both of those if you're just a collector and yes. you already have a room that has like the shelves and you have room for a hundred more pop vinyls go ahead and get another pop vinyl like it fits into your life but if you you know live in a van it's like well you know i like this character but i'm not going to buy a pop vinyl because i don't have room for it um and i already have all these posters taking up all this room in my van <laughs> blocking all my windows and uh yeah. it's not street legal anymore um yeah yeah but i, could I use, love carly ray jepson i could always <laughs> use a fourth pizza cutter though you know what i mean so mm. yeah pragmatism i love good. that metaphor the fourth pizza cutter <laughs> uh -huh. be the fourth pizza cutter in your life <laughs> And the marketing team is like, yeah, but how do we get them to buy a fourth pizza cutter? That's the real niche that we haven't gone after yet. That's the that's a plot point of a, a Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. He's the son of a famous ladder salesman, and he's like, he made all his money, and then there was nothing left because everyone had bought a ladder. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you've been you've saturated the market, and then now what? What's yeah. next? No one would ever buy a second ladder. Well, what about a uh, device that is a spacer that holds multiple pizza cutters? So you can do like, you can kind of have Wolverine claws, but each one has a pizza cutter at the end. So you're making like, uh, like pizza slices, like, yeah. uh, like um, vertical slices. Mm -hmm. I like this. Uh, who owns? Oh, X-Men is... Who, who can do X-Men stuff now? Disney, I think. Uh, well, I know, oh, but Fox. I don't think Disney can. Yeah, I don't Can know. they? We'd have to ask somebody, I guess. Uh, Maybe we can throw it to Universal. It could be Ninja Turtles. Come on.
But yeah, I always love the uh, the practical ones. I mean, toys are practical, right? Yeah, they can be. <laughs> sure. Oh man, yeah. Some of my like favorite things ever. I'm a big Pokemon fan, and in like the year '99, probably I had a Gotta stapler. What? Gotta catch them all. Oh, absolutely. I was trying to and um, trying mm. to fill the hole in my heart with more Pokemon stuff, you know. And it worked for several years there, a decades, you could say. <laughs> But it has lost the allure in a certain way at this point, which is too bad. And now I can't figure out how to fix it. But anyway, um, I had like a little Pikachu thing that was a stapler. And Bulbasaur was a pencil sharpener. And uh, Jigglypuff was a tape dispenser. And it was so cool. Like they were very practical, but they just looked like toys. So it'd be like the teacher would like try to take them away and be like, no, that's actually a stapler. Like this is an office supply. Like step off, please. You're interfering with my business. Um, Excuse me, Miss Simpson. <laughs> This is office supplies. Yeah, I am very busy right now, and I don't have time for this. I have to go staple some things. Excuse me. <laughs> I have a lot of pencils to sharpen right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm subcontracting for the entire class. I've been sharpening all their pencils. <laughs> it's not easy, um, but I really do have to get back to work. <laughs> that's the sound of a pencil sharpening yeah a really small child size one um yeah yeah so those were some of my favorite like practical things that i've ever had that were like branded characters but also were useful and, yeah uh, yeah yeah it's a vibe that i'm really into so if, if they sold pop finals that also could do anything i would consider buying more of them <laughs> you know like statues. Yeah. I don't have time for statues in my life. I'm a busy guy. I've got to sharpen a bunch of pencils over here. Like, I don't need another statue. Another pencil sharpener. I would definitely be nice. don't. I mean, I'm looking right now and I have uh, Napoleon, Chopin, uh, Chucky from Rugrats, Arnold from Hey Arnold, just all next to each other. That's, that's taking up all the space I got. I mean, that's pretty cool, though. But what if one of those was um, a fly swatter and one of them was a squirt gun, and then the other one was a tape dispenser. Wouldn't that be nice? A Napoleon tape dispenser is really what I need. <laughs> and it actually comes out of uh, the jacket because he's got the hand in the jacket. Oh, that's and cool. <laughs> There's a lot of clever stuff you can come up with once you realize, like, you know, we're going to inject some practicality in here. We're, we want to sell these in Sky Mall, not just at Target. Like, we want these to be cute and cool, but also Specifically functional. Hemaker Schlemmer. Mm. Well, we'll hope. Um, but also theme parks, which is a, a specific thing. Like people want to spend money in the theme park for some reason, more so yes. than at Target, I think, you know? Yeah, uh, it's it's vacation goggles. You know, it's the people who buy leather jackets while on vacation for no apparent reason. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the merchandise uh, is a good market and people want to buy something. They want to take those memories home like we talked about. So uh, yeah, just making things that are, not only like a way of making money, but are meaningful to them or practical to them, or at least really interesting is a mm. really special thing. And I think, yeah, theme park fans are a special kind of people where I feel like they have a lot more of a collector's mindset um, and they get a lot of joy out of those items, those artifacts, whether they're historic or modern. It's like, there's a lot of meaning mm -hmm. there for those kinds of people. They're really like, their imagination is connected with I don't know, because theme parks are such a, a middle ground between our reality and our fandoms and stuff. And so fantasy, fantasy, exactly. So being able to bring yeah. something from that middle realm to your realm is a really cool, magical thing. 
I mean, literally magic bands. Oh. There's nothing b- behind it aside from magic. Just a oh. right, yeah. <laughs> but just the 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 park utility of like I need to get in here. I need to, you know, <laughs> like but because they put, you know, a stitch if he had been in Beauty and the Beast, it's like I need that thing. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. And it's there's so much room for uh for like creativity within that of like mixing and matching things and um yeah just approaching mm-hmm. identity it. activation boom there you yeah, go yeah i mean i'm getting a star wars one i'm getting a you know yeah and you're expressing yourself oh no i don't need the themed one just give me the solid color one that you get when you get a hotel room not anymore but you used to mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. boring uncle dan looking at you dude <laughs> What's your problem, man? I tried to give you a Haunted Mansion magic band. <laughs> He's not a real theme park head, though, you know? He's not buying anything in the store. He's just going to buy a soft pretzel with his money. <laughs> Dan. Plastic cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's also interesting. I mean, theme park heads and, like, people who are looking for, like, exclusivity and, you know, the fact that now there are... That Build-A-Bear has invaded... Uh, the world in the sense that like places like universal and Disney now have not only like exclusive merchandise, but exclusive experiences to get that exclusive merchandise. Wow. You know, uh, if you think of, you know, Savi's, uh, lightsaber workshop, you're, you're just buying a toy. That's all you're doing, mm-hmm. but they're creating memory experience, identity activation, art, you know, all rolled into this one, you know, whatever it is, 15 minute session absolutely and all these choices that you make you know throughout the whole thing and that makes the whole thing so much more memorable and then the memories from that lightsaber are so much stronger because like no i built this like i i have a story to tell about that it wasn't just a picture of me buying the thing which (laughs) which you know what i mean that's like the roller coaster thing where it takes a picture of you it's like what if at the cash register they took a picture of you buying each item and then you could go home and look at that picture wouldn't that be great it's like that's totally my Banksy uh, thing. Like, you know, like yeah. if I was doing Meow Wolf or something, like at the checkout, it's like you thumbs up while you got like a Clark bar. <laughs> That's so funny. I was literally about to bring up Meow Wolf in my next sentence, which was um, I love the idea of the inverse of that, of bringing the, the well, maybe not the inverse, but something similar would be if Target just had one aisle that had like uh, a roof over it and it felt like you're walking through like a log or something and there's like all these like elven runes on the inside of it and you can just buy stuff off the shelves making those experiences those theme park type experiences come outside the theme park would be such a magical thing too and would make it just feel so much more special even if it's just like an end cap that's really really themed and really well decorated at target it's like whoa this is really cool like it catches your eye i mean those were the og disney stores of the 90s right yes exactly those were so special yeah, the the sculptures and you know the the plushy pit and stuff, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like everything was themed and crafted and created, and it made you feel like, oh, this is like a small little piece. The WB stores were very similar. Totally I mean, I remember true. playing playing like in the little like there's like a tunnel that was Marvin the Martian spaceship for no reason. I mean, there was nothing <laughs> to buy there. You just got to go in it, and right. it was awesome. Yeah, and I think yeah, the experiences there for kids are really fun. That there's like a little playground thing. Even even just like hmm. shoe carnival had like a shoe you could sit on and put a quarter in and ride on it. And that made it like so much more <laughs> magical for me as a kid, but to an adult, it's just like, yeah, whatever. I'm just here to buy shoes. Um, but yeah, when you can, I think theme parks can like make everyone feel like a kid again in a way that those stores can't 
quite do. Um, but Meow yeah. Wolf has done this thing, Omega Mart, which is Can like, you buy that stuff? No, but if you could, okay. that would be amazing. Okay. Which, so it's it's this super uh, fascinating, artsy um, themed experience that's set up to look like a Walmart type store or a grocery store um, as on the surface level. And then there's more stuff beyond that, obviously. But yeah, it, it pulls a similar thing to House of Eternal Return, where right. you you know you open up the cooler and you can go into an alternate dimension or whatever. But like all the merch the merch quote merchandise all the the stuff in it is hyper specific and each of it is a little individual art piece mm-hmm. in its own right you know where there's like whatever three-headed donkey's milk or something right you know, there's it's, clever it's, stuff on the packaging and things like that but like what if there was a a theme park but the hub is just a target store and then like there's <laughs> at the end of each aisle is a doorway and you can go do like a roller coaster or you can go do an interactive experience with boba fett or whatever um, and then you come out and you're in this target or the, the star Wars action figure aisle again, and you walk through that aisle, go in the next one. And it's, I don't know, something else. <laughs> Little portals to tiny worlds. Yeah. The name of my new novel, by the way, <laughs> uh, which is what I'm here to talk about. Please head over to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> don't buy my book. Just head over to Amazon. They need <laughs> Please, it. They need this. They need the support. <laughs> if this has wet your appetite at all for buying merchandise, please support your local Amazon dealer on Amazon.com. Smile.amazon.com. Um, then some of the money goes to charity. That's fun. You can feel a little bit better about yourself. Uh, the the other uh, the other experience that I was thinking about is similar to Savi's. I mean, there's the Droid Depot, but also uh, the um, the light the lightsaber wand the yeah. wand experience at Universal. All of Anders. which uh, is unbelievably fascinating if you get to go to it because you know tip nine times out of ten it's this small child that they pick to do the thing and that kid like it is wild to watch this kid like wave the thing something blows up and the kid's like i did that (laughs) i've actually never seen that in person but it seems like such a magical thing it seems really cool yeah and then there's the weird thing where they have to usher the kid and the parents off after the whole thing's done. It's like, okay, so that'll be 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, that is an awkward thing when you, you give someone a really magical experience, but it's expensive. And then you're like, oh, well, can we have that back? Yeah, I guess that's the nice thing about uh, Savi's is up front. They're like, yo, you're going to be paying some bank for this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, cool, whatever. I get to make that choice. Yeah. Yeah. Consent is nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, those experiences are so magical when it feels like you're a part of the process of of either creating it or or it choosing you or whatever. Is it's, oh, I love that. Like just that selection process or the connection with the merchandise being a story. Yeah, that that breaking of the fourth wall, you know, to us to the extent that like, oh, I'm in here. <laughs> right, I am me um, in this themed experience. And I'm still going to be me tomorrow, and I'm still going to have my little plush toy with me tomorrow. So it's like, yeah, yeah man. <sighs> Magical stuff. This is making me nostalgic for, like, for my little Pokemon stuffed animals and stuff. Like, the, just the imagination, like, a kid's imagination, once it's empowered by these kinds of connections to physical things, like a manifestation mm. of the fandom, it's, uh, it's a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah, and it's... It is interesting to me when there are stories behind it. I mean, not that, like, kids are necessarily, like, you know, a kid's not taking a 
uh, Elsa doll or whatever and being like, you know, I'm empowering Elsa uh, to do, do, you know, she there's just like, ah, na, na, I, I like my hair today. I don't like your hair today. Well, you're me. Well, you're me. Bye. You know, uh, it, but the fact that, you know, there are these stories involved in these mythologies involved that, you know, these these uh, that resonate with people and then they buy these things as children and, you know, that that informs even a tiny bit of like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm into this loner or this, you know, the outcast being empowered or whatever, all these sort of, I mean, they're not subliminal, but archetypal, uh, sort of, uh, you know, um, uh, psychological, uh, underpinnings. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like encouraging play in a specific way of like, mm. I know what this character would do in this kind of setting. Versus that character is kind of a wild card, so it's kind of fun to play as them sometimes because then you can express yourself more. But yeah, yeah, plays. Yeah, it gives you little templates. Right, right. Yeah, the archetypes Mm -hmm. are useful sometimes for learning about human interaction and experimenting with with things like who am I? What if I talked like this? What if I acted like that? Those identities, man. Whoa. Crazy stuff. All connected. <laughs> but loving awesome. you, loving you, loving you, loving you. It's like getting the bills, getting the bills, but no merchandise. I said loving you, loving you, oh baby, loving you. It's like getting the bills, getting the bills, but no merchandise. Um, I love the things that like we've kind of come up with these on like a couple episodes of music sparks but like some sort of thing that reflects your journey throughout the day instead of just like a snapshot of you on this one attraction something that is like a comic book that tells your story of that theme park like we went to this attraction we fought that dragon and we lost and then we went and met this old dude and we discovered that secret clue that nobody else had found yet that day like just kind of a summary type thing i feel like would be such a good um encapsulation of that and like really empower the the nostalgia and the memories and all that stuff but also make you feel like you're a part of the story which is a pretty cool thing yeah what the the power-up bands at super nintendo world where you can you know you can go through and you can gain power-ups and coins and all that kind of stuff and it's it's an option you know i mean it's not necessary for enjoyment of the land you can still just go on mario kart but it keeps track of all these things that you can interact with and it gives you a uh, teleology to your to your experience that you can after the fact look at and be like oh look i started here and i ended up here cool right right it's really cool to have record of that rather than just your your memories yeah. Yeah, dude. We're, you know, you, you can still get that world's best grandpa statue, though. <laughs> statue? Does it have a picture of the grandpa or a, a I likeness? I, I, I think I think I got something along those lines. That like, I think it was still MGM at the time. I don't think it was uh, Hollywood Studios yet. But I got like a you know like world's best dad fake Disney style Oscar thing or something. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Interesting. And you bought it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Long gone, I'm assuming, but, you know, got to give it to my dad in that moment and be like, hey, here's an award that I bought with your money <laughs> <Sucker>. <laughs> for you. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, those kinds of things are cool. And I've seen, like, uh, where they do 3D printed likenesses. Like, it's basically an action figure, but it has your custom head on top of it. Um, oh dope yeah yeah those are kind of cool and you know 
I'm sure that's a, a thing that could be doable in the future where you can just get your face as a Lego minifigure head and they buy, you know, sell you the minifigure for 20 bucks or whatever. But it's like, this is the outfit you're wearing today and that's your hair. And like, it's kind of a cool thing when you can get something customized like that. I mean, it's the, the evolution of a caricature, um, but just with like on-demand 3D printing. Yeah, I mean, someday we'll probably have like, yeah, like virtual reality memories where you can just like watch yourself you know, go through something and just be like, what? Oh, check it out. There I am. Like, that's what I was doing that day. And just put on a headset and watch yourself. <laughs> well, that sounds weird. But <laughs> well, yeah. The thing that's so cool on YouTube is going and watching people's like um, old footage of them walking through theme parks and stuff. Like some people just take a camera and just walk around and film the whole day of their visit at, at Disney World or whatever. And it's so cool to see it like through different decades and time periods and stuff and hear all the sounds and like these ambient things that wouldn't be on the marketing or like um, a review of that theme park or roller coaster or whatever necessarily, but just kind of these subtle things. And I do think that that'll eventually be the future when there's cameras everywhere. They can say, here is our like official day in the park from this date. And you can just download that day and be like, oh yeah, I was there, you know, that day in 2021 or whatever and like you can relive that exact day in vr it's pretty wild it, it's like a it's it's a three-dimensional dash cam right yeah yeah <laughs> basically it sounds yeah when you say it like that though it sounds like you're just looking for like crimes or something or accidents or whatever but well i'm sure that will be part of it at some point they'll censor all that yeah uh <laughs> yeah you you look over and you're like why is there a giant black spot over in that area right there? <laughs> this has been censored for you. <laughs> yeah. Or they just replace it with footage from the day before where that train didn't fall off of that roller coaster or whatever. I mean, now we're getting into some uh, matrix glitching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Wow. Uh, oh, that's for fun. Sure. But yeah, no, you're right. Like being able to just relive those moments, like more literally through VRs. Uh, the mm. nostalgia is going to be different when you can like authentically <laughs> relive it more. I mean, more or less more yeah. so than just watching home footage, home video footage of it. It's like, you can look at it from different angles and see yourself it's, yeah. holding hands 4D, with your D. Yeah. It'll give like smells and stuff. Ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe, you, you know, what perfume was I wearing back in 2021? I, I don't remember, honey. Go uh, hop in VR and uh, go. Was, yeah, right. We'll go back to when we went to Disneyland. Oh, yeah. The yeah, super attractive. Myself. Yeah, the early version where it's like beta testing. It's just two little tubes stuck up your nose. <laughs> <laughs> but that'd be really cool. Yeah. But it, I just, I like the idea of, um, I mean, this is not really merch related, but being able to in 3D revisit memories is like such a special yeah. thing like yeah it'd be so cool to go back and see you know whatever my first date with my wife or whatever and like i don't know just be able to like um capture those memories from a different perspective than the one you had at the moment it's kind the of closest magical. you can get to time traveling yeah yeah oh for sure hmm. mm. wow and, th and then uh and then in the future, people will look back on that the way we look back on photos from the like, you know, 1800s when nobody knew to smile. So <laughs> every photo of people just looks like super serious. Like, put your hand on my shoulder. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The technology will keep evolving and evolving until, yeah, those VR things will feel nostalgic and like there's a bunch of feedback on it. Cause it's like, oh yeah, you can't even 
smell people on this. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Your guys' VR was so lame, Grandpa. Yeah, what was the the uh, line in um, Back to the Future where uh, he's like, you have to use your hands? Lame. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think I think what merchandise gives you, you know, obviously a hole in your pocket, but it, it does give you these moments for, if you're smart about it and you know, like, why you want to buy something, I think it can be... A ritual. It can be a mm. special moment for you yeah. to express yourself, remember things. It, it, you know, it can be special. Like, but maybe don't get like the you know number one finger just because somebody's selling it. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It should be intentional. It should be consensual, like we talked about, like a thing that you want, and obviously the store wants to sell it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is more like authentic maybe when it's not just like you're walking through a huge store of just like buy all of our stuff. But if it's an experience more like pin trading where it's like you have to kind of seek people out, it's more of a, um, I don't know, augmented reality type thing where it's like you, you exist in this theme park, you're traveling around. And then on top of that, there's this extra layer of you notice that that person's wearing a purple bandana, which means that they have this item you can trade with or you can buy from them that's kind of mm. like a limited edition or exclusive or whatever, um, either trading it or, or buying it just exclusively from them. It's like a hidden little thing instead of just like, here's the store, go buy our stuff. It's a more yeah. subtle, subdued, social type of experience where you're like, you have to go talk to a person. There's no you mm. scan where you can just go, you know, scan the barcode yourself and all that. It's uh, well, more meaningful. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a... Uh... Last time I was in Disneyland, uh, a lifetime ago, um, no, it was like a year, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I got to go to Trader Sam's and it was like, hey, do you guys still have the Hatbox Ghost mug? And he was like, I don't know, I'll go check. And he came back and he was like, yeah, we got it. And I was like, sick. And it's like, you know, I got this, this rare piece of, you know, fandom that like is all these small parts of me you know tiki uh drinking uh, <laughs> uh haunted mansion disney you know all these things put together and you know i i had to do a little i had to do the bare minimum of work <laughs> <laughs> hey you had to pay but, to go there and then talk to a person yeah. those are two of the worst things possible yeah talking to a person is uh maybe the worst ever uh <laughs> that's really cool though like i love those kinds of experiences like um to connect with a person and relate to them, especially mm-hmm. like, I don't know, when, when you've worked in retail or something, it's cool to have that connection with someone like, I know that this might be in the back. I know it's kind of an annoyance for you to go back there. But like, if you kind of can show your, your passion about the item or whatever, or like, not be a jerk, then they'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. you know what, let me go like, this will take like a second. Let me go see if it's back here. Um, I just I, I was loved doing that for people. Like when I worked at Toys R Us, like, I knew where everything was on top stock. And it was like, oh no you're out of this like doll like this kid really wants this thing and i'm like oh whoop like i can reach it no one else would know where that was and like i can give this (laughs) to you it's such a cool thing to be able to fulfill that like beyond like the store has failed you because it's not on this peg where it's supposed to be but i know where more is and like i see that you want this and i'm gonna give it to you it's a really fun thing i am the gatekeeper (laughs) right and it's like well yeah someone should have restocked that but you know i'm gonna help you here it's cool to be able to give people those experiences. And I think that's part of the joy of working at a theme park is like to see that joy, which I I don't think happens as much as it could, you know? Yes. Yeah. 
And something like that, you know, Trader Sam's mugs or, you know, the lightsabers or the droids or, you know, the wine shop. I, I think that that's so much fun. Uh, I, I bag on Universal a lot, especially Wizarding World of Harry Potter, because, you know, the theming of it is absolutely amazing. But it is just a giant mall. Yeah. Like, it's it's just a series of stores that are themed, which, cool, whatever, man. Like, the, the details are unbelievable but you know it's, it's like oh i guess i'll go into this store and see what quirky things are in here <laughs> it is interesting that that universe just has basically a, a shopping mall and that's the thing yeah. that they chose to bring to life it's not like you can go into hogwarts like proper like just explore it freely it's like no go to the the mall from harry potter and you can freely explore that <laughs> it's interesting yeah uh, I, I don't uh, know of many other like ma- massive pop culture things that are like centered around a mall but there right. should be. It's a really good like cash in. Like, oh yeah, and then the theme park is just a freaking mall. Like that's great. <laughs> that's your target theme park right there. That's uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Or I was thinking like Dawn of the Dead or something, where it's like a whole movie set right, inside just of a straight mall. up in a mall. Yeah, <laughs> chopping mall theme park. Um, wow, yeah, I mean basically, yeah. If they sold more, it's basically a mega mart by Meow Wolf. Mm-hmm. Or how does uh, yeah. how does Mall of America fit into this? Hmm. They do have a theme park. I know. I don't know what it is currently. When I went, it was Camp Snoopy. Yeah, it was Camp Snoopy when I was there, too. I think they've had, I think it's Nickelodeon. I feel like I've seen, like, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender stuff there. I don't know. But, um, yeah. I think the plushies that I got from my girlfriend all got mailed from Mall of America. <laughs> oh, really? I got all the Avatar The Last Airbender uh, companions. That was, like, an easy way to get through, uh, like, five birthdays. That's great. <laughs> And here's the next one. <laughs> That's smart. Like, do you just have them hidden somewhere in, in the house? Or, like, did you order them one at a time? No, I bought them for each birthday. Clever. That's that's smart. And they, uh, yeah, they always seem to come from the Mall of the Americas. We've started um, stocking up for years down the road for, like, certain people's birthday gifts or whatever. Like, this, we know what my wife's grandpa likes. So, like, we'll just get him, like, a bunch of those. And it's just, like, there's a box in the basement of things that he's going to be getting for, like, the next several years for holidays. It's kind of convenient. Sick. Yeah. It's like, oh, we don't have to shop anymore. We just go in the basement. It's already down there. Also, from a dark perspective, uh, if anything bad ever happens, you've got this box that you're just going to be like, he'll never get the... <laughs> oh, my God. You want to hear something really horrible? <laughs> Well, I don't know how Always. horrible it is. I mean, life life happens and death happens. But I was working at the Lego store sure. and uh, came back to return a bunch of Duplo, like the kids' Lego things. And I was like, oh, well, mm. was there something wrong with it? Or like, why do you want to return it? And he's like, my son died. And I was like, <laughs> no, like, it was the worst thing. Like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's a, these. that's a bummer. Okay. Like, yeah. Do you want to buy uh, a keychain? Like, <laughs> what do I do? Oh, it's awful. When Brie worked at Build-A-Bear, there was like a couple of things where it was like, because you can record yeah. messages uh, in right. your Build-A-Bear, right? And you push the hand and it's a custom message or whatever. And there were a couple of real dark ones where it was like, you know, somebody was like putting, building a bear that put in recording a message to put in the coffin. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so yeah. merchandise, um, Beyond the Grave, it will outlast right? you unless mm-hmm. you can chuck it before it chucks you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so remember to destroy your merchandise before it, it gets put in your grave with you. <laughs> yeah, right. Get get into some Swedish death cleaning. 
That's a thing. What's that? Yeah, my, my my sister's obsessed with it. You like get rid of stuff like you're preparing to die. <laughs> wow, it it's it, it's like the, yeah, it's it's the Swedish version of uh, okay. Marie Kondo, where it's just much more death focus. <laughs> yeah, right. We have darkness for three months out of the year. We think about this more than you do. <laughs> <laughs> it also sounds like a cool music genre, like. It's just like very morose. Uh, 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 right, it's cleaning music. Um, oh, what's that song? Yeah, from uh, Fantasia. Sorcerer's Apprentice? I, yeah, yeah, dum, I love dum, that song. There's a really good metal version of that I, I found on Spotify. That's like uh, pretty rad. But if it was just brooms instead and more like pitch Swedish brooms. metal. Yeah, much more Swedish <laughs> sounding. Brooms. It's a Swedish broom. Oh yeah, the bristles are—I uh, don't know—Swedish uh, fish bones, right? <laughs> Isn't that? <laughs> no, that's more Norway, I guess. <laughs> I, they probably have fish in Sweden. I, they do. I yeah, it's, mm-hmm. but oh, Swedish fish, uh, of course. <laughs> Come on, they'd just be <laughs> right, gummy, like Belgian waffles, red fish. Yeah, <laughs> French fries. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Swedish fish. <laughs> that, what'd you what'd you get from Sweden? Did you get any cool memorabilia? I got this bag of Swedish fish from the airport. <laughs> I'll always yeah, remember that. I used to always try to buy jeans whenever I'd travel because then it'd be like, I could buy like memorabilia or a t-shirt that says Paris or whatever, but jeans I'll actually wear all the time and like I'll have it for years to come and every time I wear it, I'll be like, oh yeah, I got these in wherever. Hmm. And it's, I don't know, like it is that practical, like buying a practical piece of merch. So I think, yeah, maybe we should just have like uh, jean denim stores there or like uh, and then you can And then when they start getting parts. worn out, you can make a patchwork quilt out of all the jeans that you've had. And you're like, this is proof that I've seen the world (laughs) as I sleep. And this is like, this is at the high end of the spectrum of, um, of like very obnoxious, obvious merchandise, which just like says the name of the roller coaster and says the name of the theme park and the year or whatever. Yes. Um, all the way to jeans that have nothing to do with the theme park, but you know that it's merchandise from that theme park and you define it that way. So, uh, yeah, it's one of those things people looking at the quilt be like, oh, that's just a bunch of jeans. But you're like, no, these are from my my travels abroad. <laughs> I got these jeans in Morocco. <laughs> and these jeans, I I think was just from the Old Navy, but I needed a square there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. I mean, are there any, like, things that we haven't seen done in merchandise that you want to see done in merchandise for theme parks? I mean, not, not really. You know, there's nothing that really comes to mind. And I, I do like... Honestly, I feel like I started hearing about this kind of stuff on Amusement Sparks first. You know, the sort of uh, Super Nintendo World um, uh, power-up band and things like that. You know, uh, we did something similar in Tree where there was, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, a, you know, item that you had that, you know, was part of your experience and it it informed your experience and allowed you to make choices and stuff. And I'm, I'm excited to see more of that kind of stuff popping into parks. And, you know, I mean, a lot of it obviously is phones now. 
uh, and you know, uh, Galaxy's Edge, you you can do the little data pad stuff, and you can turn on trans transmitters and hack things and stuff like that. But I, I'm excited that. No, no, it's not practical when you get home, but like as part of your experience, it informs the experience that you're having at these, you know, fantasy places. Mm. That is really an interesting component. Like I love when it's there's something you can bring home from that to like kind of continue the experience. And I could see a future where theme parks are like um, more VR kinds of focused things. Like they fit into a mall or whatever because or not like. A, the entire mall, but like a store yeah, yeah. can have kind of like a theme type thing where you're, you're walking around and almost like an escape room, but with, with using your phone and using VR, it can be much more like, it can feel like it represents an entire planet, mm. even though it only takes up, you know, like 800 square feet or whatever. It can be pretty broad because VR lets you like transport into another realm. It's, it's an interesting thing, but having a physical location like at a theme park makes those experiences more magical, I think. They feel more special mm. because you can't just do it at home in your living room. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And having a physical manifestation of that in your experience that you've purchased, that you've, you know, you've worked to gain money, you've used that money as a choice on this thing to now, you know, imbue this ritual, this ritualistic meaning onto this, you know, thing. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's cool. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, that's cool. <laughs> it is cool. Yeah, thanks, Chuck. Um, oh, yeah, check out. <laughs> <laughs> I just came to pick up this stuff and get it out of your way. <laughs> Bye. Oh, wait, the Chuck out instead of the check out. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Head on down to the Chuck out and get your picture taken. Coming to Amusement Sparks, the Chuck uh, Amusement Park. <laughs> Ooh, wait, the TV show or this disposal guy? All of the above. All Chucks. Mm, every Chuck. Chucky. Yeah. Chucky. Um, Chucky Cheese. Child's Play. Oh, man. The Chuck on my drill that, you know, holds the bits. Yep. Wood Chucks. Can they Chuck wood? I don't know. Never thought about that. <laughs> but if they did, how much wood? Uh, would they check? A question wait, that, wait, wait, wait a, minute. a question that has plagued scientists for years. Is it science though? <laughs> <laughs> Why does everything come back around? That's so weird. Uh, yeah. Well, it was a well-written script. Thank you. Yes. Uh, it, it feels so natural when we read these things, you know. Cue the cue the <laughs> last Beatles chord from A Day in the Life. <laughs> we bow. We walk off. <laughs> Love it. No questions, please. No further questions. Um, Nick will be signing autographs and, and answering questions about um, consumerism. Please find me at uh, Jim's Chuckle Shack on I-5. I'll be there Tuesdays and Thursdays through perpetuity. Did you say in aisle five? Yep. <laughs> I love that. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. That That's great. Wow, dude. Um... Did we do it? Did we do a merch episode? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first uh, hyper-specific, um, non-park, specific park-related thing. <laughs> One of many think... to come, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm sure guests are going to be clambering for this kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh, academic, know. Uh, you know, discussions. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I do think it's worth talking about. Like, I mean, obviously we just recorded an episode about it, <laughs> but I hope it's worth listening to too. Um, I think I will be listening to it uh, because it is a thing that I think about a lot. Like merch is a meaningful thing. Like we've been talking about the whole time um, and it can be done with, it's a, it's an art form. You know, you can do so many different things with it. Mm-hmm. So it merits discussion. Absolutely. And I think so much of what I've seen on like YouTube, if you type in theme park merch, it's a lot of mugs, a lot of t-shirts, some Christmas ornaments. It's like, mm, it's not the most uh, exciting stuff as far as the the media. Yeah. It's a lot of like when, the same media. It just has a different logo on it or whatever. When you're looking for that coffee mug with your name on it and you find out how many people are actually named Mike. <laughs> mm. <clears throat> it's hard, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. At least you have a cool spelling. Yeah, it's tough out there for a Nick without a K. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel for you. Mm-hmm. So donate. Uh, find the link in the description. <laughs> Smash that like button. <laughs> Support your local Amazon store. Don't buy Nick's book. Um, but hey, if the audience does like you, wh- how would they find more of your stuff? Oh, that's a great question. What can they Thank you. find? <laughs> yeah, I'm known for my questions. How can they find you? What state should they... What's the address? Yeah, at? uh-huh. You can find me at... Uh, cash me outside. Um, <laughs> what can, They can... Oh, well, they can listen to the back catalog of What's With You, Scooby-Doo. Still available, I think. Uh, season three on are available on wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, except for Spotify. Screw Spotify. Um, Ooh. Yeah. That's fired. I'm an Apple music man, uh, and I listen to, uh, you know, whatever, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you go. And then uh, we haven't made a video in a long time, but you can check out me and my girlfriend's YouTube channel, uh, Adventures with Nick and Bree. Uh, there's some theme park really stuff. Cute. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I recommend that. That's a good channel. Uh, and then. Good people. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Gary Lane's album is coming out that I mixed over the past year. It took me a long time. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I don't know if he actually has a title for it yet, but, yeah, follow Gary and he'll tell you when the album's coming out. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Nick, it's always fun to record with you, man. It's always fun to hang out with you or whatever, but uh, it's good to get it on tape once in a while, too, so we can go back and hear the uh, nostalgia and add more layers of feedback and reflect upon our reflections <laughs> add infinite there's some kind of latin word here about infinity yeah right and beyond infinitum yeah oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out <laughs> oh man <laughs>